Good afternoon, everyone. Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to the first session of the Africa Workplace Insights Podcast. I'm super excited to be chatting with Mr. Obi today. A bit more on him later. On the topic, cultivating long-term employee loyalty and nurturing future leaders. Uh, it's very important to note that in our society today, it's, um, it's a wave of the great potential ever seen. Companies are not able to retain as much workers as they did a while back. And Mr. Albi is someone with a lot of experience in that regard. He has total in his career, almost if not more than 20 years of experience in the airline space. Up until recently, he was the COO of Green Africa. But I'm not going to hog the spotlight. I would give Mr. Albi a chance right now to introduce himself. So Mr. Albi, let's meet you. Uh, okay, yeah, my name, my full name, Obiupu uh, Obialon Badozo. As those who know, um, Nigeria, uh, a lot of us are called Obi because that's a shortened form of the full name. My name, Obiupu, is uh, it's not a common one. Uh, mm. I think growing up, I only knew one other person who was called Obiupu, who was grown, a grown man at that time. But yeah, um, as Oluz just said, I've spent a long time in the airline uh, industry in Europe and Africa and have quite uh, a bit of uh, stuff to, to, to give back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that name, you know, when we, when we connected earlier on, I meant, you mentioned something about Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, can you tell me? <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are you a Jedi now? What's the plan? Is there a <laughs> Yeah, you're right. I, I, I was saved by Star Wars. And by okay. this, I mean, um, when I first, I, went, I did my master's degree, um, at the time, it was the Soviet Union, but right now, we call it Ukraine. Okay, okay. Union, yeah. And mm -hmm. Obiuku was a very difficult name for people to pronounce. All my oh. professors would go, Obi, 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 Obi. So I said, you know what? Then suddenly, there was a time Star Wars was, was kind of coming back from the yeah, old yeah. 70s yeah. Star Wars. And so yeah. I said, ah, you know what? You guys, have you seen Obi-Wan Kenobi in Star Wars? And I went, everyone went, yeah, yeah. I said, good. Helps me yeah. out. Just call me Obi, and that's it. You know, so it? I was saved by Star Wars because they yes. tried any which way to cut, to murder my name. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I love, I love it, I love it. So yeah. now Obi going forward, yeah. we get going to exactly. Obi in a long time. Yeah, that's me. Well, I don't think I have any popular actor or movie name that me. Maybe I have to do it myself. Maybe after this <laughs> podcast, I can tell people that you know Olu from the podcast. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> literally, literally how to pronounce my name but great so yeah. i think that's a fantastic way to segue into our conversation really and i mean you've mentioned that you spent quite a number of time in the airline industry both you know europe and africa and i'm really gonna i mean i think we should start off with that like what experience you know what roles what companies you know fill us into the details uh on how that has been for you and you know 25 years is really no joke so tell us about that yeah well um i, I am a trained um mechanical and aeronautical engineer mm. so, um, that was gained as i said as I just mentioned back in the in eastern europe at the time where we which is now called you uh, ukraine um and i i ended up working uh, initially at british airways for a very short time in the let's say frequent flyer customer loyalty departments okay the main biggest bit of experience was gained from the virgin atlantic group mm. uh, those who know the whole of the airline would know uh no Richard Branson. I think a lot of yeah, Africans yeah. know Richard Branson. He's yeah, got businesses in, in many areas. Yeah, so uh, I was very privileged to to have a very good grounding with with the Virgin Group. And as a as a relatively junior employee, I was actually also very privileged to have access to the man himself. 
uh, I mentioned it a couple of times. Yes, I mentioned it a couple. Well, there, there were different there were different things. Part of my role at the airline initially was, if those who know, um, revenue management. So we used to confirm seats or deny seats. Um, um, and he would want to fly somewhere, for example. And being you know being the boss, you'd go, okay, the boss wants to fly somewhere. I'll keep a business class seat for him. But he would actually not be happy if we kept that seat for him mm. at the expense of the revenue of a fair-paying passenger. He never, mm. ever loved that. So mm. it was for me, yeah, it was for me very good that I could, he, they call him, the phone call, and he go, oh, Richard, we call him Richard. Right? Richard wants to fly, for example, to the last I'll go back and say, no seats, flight is full. Oh. Yeah, I'll say, flight is full. Oh, flight is full? Yeah, but he's got a business meeting, so can't do anything. Mm. And as a very junior employee, that was empowering. Because oh. I worked for the company, even though he was the chairman, yes. it was it was a very liberating feeling. Um, and later, as this discussion goes on, I'll explain what I mean. Because mm-hmm. what I've re- realized in Africa is sometimes we, because there's this African difference to age and seniority, mm-hmm. we don't give people that 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 leeway, that you know, freedom to do what's best for the job. But that for me was a very very liberating thing. Um, and after a couple of years, I, I got promoted. And of course, being Nigerian initially, everyone said, oh, Virgin is going to Nigeria. We're going to set up an island in Nigeria. Why don't you join them, you know? Cool. Yeah. So I came from, from the Virgin Atlantic uh, from the experience of having been exposed to this very inspirational leader and how he worked and the way he works. And I, I took all that and brought, came back to Nigeria, you know, mm-hmm. um, where I was setting up. I was part of people. Set, I set up the revenue management department, part of the commercial team, trained people. And again, that was where I learned the African mindset, work mindset, because I had left Nigeria when I was a bit younger. Mm-hmm. I did my whole university outside the country. And then yeah. coming back, first of all, the important thing is before we came back, I remember being sat in a, a room, about 20 of us British guys, um, different sets of people so from South Africa, those of us who were going back to Nigeria and being taught how to relate to our Nigerian um, colleagues. And there was that thing. And, and this was what was mentioned then, that in yeah. Africa, there's a high amount of deference to seniority. And mm. so sometimes we had to learn to ask the right questions and mm. also to give people freedom and empowerment. That was mm. one big thing I learned from there. So... It, it has helped me going further in my in my work work experience and everything else I've done. Because you find that sometimes you tell somebody, okay, um, do you think that thing we just did is good? They'll say yes. <laughs> and then when you reverse it the other way around and say, do you think that is good? They'll also say yes again. I wonder. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. But after Virgin, I spent, uh, I think I spent almost a total of... In, 10 years in Virgin, my Virgin mm-hmm. Atlantic and Virgin Nigeria, then moved over to another airline again. Uh, okay. I, I just got profiled into the airline industry. And so I went into another airline and did okay. the same thing again. Uh, so I've spent, yeah, as I say, I've spent uh, 20 years, 20 plus years in mainly two companies, two airlines, mm-hmm. um, doing different things. I, I heard the rumor that says that once you hit 30 years in the airline industry, you get a private jet. Is that true? I don't know. Like, well, uh, well I'm, I'm, not far, I'm not far off that, so I'll let you know. When I get to 30 years, I'll let you know if I get a private jet. I have five, five, six years to go, so like, yeah. I'm just like, and maybe I'll have my own journey. Maybe after exactly. that, private jet, I'm going to straight beeline for the private sector and the airline industry. And so, tell me, 
10 years, you know, in two industries, in, in, in the same industry, two companies, sorry, like, why? Like, why did you do this? The time just, you know, fly by or your passion or you just, or the company just had to keep you in place. Like, I really want to know why. Well, uh, the thing, uh, what I think about is, uh, there's this thing, and I'm, I don't know whether I look at it, like the Japanese. The Japanese have this, what they say, the salaried man. Mm -hmm. A lot of Japanese work in the same company from almost from the time you enter the workforce till the end yeah. of things. There's, okay. they, there's a yeah, there's a big amount uh, of loyalty to company, and companies in Japan tend to promote only from within. For mm -hmm. me, what I thought about it, I thought, well, this is not really. I mean, I'm not in Japan. I'm like in Europe, in Africa. But I think for me, what happened was everything I did has been very interesting and very, mm. very. You know, I mm. think when you are given leeway you're giving you're supported then the work is very you know you don't wake up bored i think when people get bored in whatever they're doing that's when they start looking for alternatives yeah. when they're not given they're not given support when you're mm -hmm. not given so i've been lucky to have worked in places where i've got number one very interesting roles that change daily so every day you wake up and say what do i see today what do i have today you know mm -hmm. um and so it's never been boring even I, I got, I was surprised after when I spent eleven years in Ghana, my previous, and I went, oh, has it been eleven years already? Because seriously, because every day is just, yeah. So, so that's the thing. Yeah, I, I love that point you made around, you know, finding that interest and that passion, like really just takes away the boring side of it. Once yeah. you just enjoy the work that you do, and it's very dynamic. And I imagine the airline space is one of those very dynamic areas. I mean, oh. the low margins, you know, people have to fly, regulations, everything there for you. Like, I think coming to work every day, there was a new problem, I guess, to be solved. <laughs> and that's and that's great. But I mean, looking back on that Japanese model that you've called, for instance, like I, I imagine that you'll agree with me when I tell you that, you know, that's no longer the experience that people have anymore. Yeah. Ten years in the same place, my goodness, uh, it's a bit far out. <laughs> and and I don't know. What do you have to say about that? Let's talk about that one first. Like this, this idea of you know people move farther or faster by jumping from companies to companies. Of course, I'm not going to you know you know sort of like excuse or condone understand. Let's talk about the, mm -hmm. the, the, the yeah. What do you think about that? This idea of people just spending three, four years and moving to the next place. If you were to choose, if I put you that scenario, would you have chosen a three, four years moving, or would you have to stick stuck with the, the ten years? straight on the same place if you are looking back right now yeah looking back i think i'll do the same thing again Interesting. Um, i'm not i'm not, not going to say one side is one type is better than the other i mean i i i'm not in support of the extreme and the extreme, i'll give you an example i happened there i know somebody who she left a company i know um in february mm -hmm. and then by by the next december when i was the same year maybe nine months later I was asking, oh, how's the new company? Was, she had actually moved three companies within nine time. months. Yes, oh, within nine months. So she left one in February. Who knows? Maybe in, in June she left the next one. In August left one. And then in December she was in the third company. Oh, goodness. I, the thing for me is you have to understand what you're doing. Mm -hmm. When you do have a, do a job, it's not just, you know, yeah, people, some, a lot of people, especially in the African space, move and jump. I saw something on LinkedIn some time ago of two escalators showing, one escalator shows a lot of people who change jobs every year or so. Yeah. Also the same person. And it seemed to imply 
the people who changed Josh very often got far ahead of the guy who said oh, yeah. I, I don't think I agree with that because I think if you change Josh very often, you haven't got enough time to learn. Yeah. Okay. To learn the role you're doing. Hmm. It doesn't matter what it is, but even if it's the same job title, job responsibility, I think jobs in different companies vary. There's, there's some slight differences. To me, you need at least a minimum of two to three years to learn and know exactly what you're doing. Mm. So that when you get to become a leader at the top of the game, you have experiences to pass down to people be, below. Oh, yeah. Jumping from place to place very often, yeah, it can get you in brackets promotions, higher salary, but I think you haven't got that grounding yet, which is what we need. You know, they say when you're climbing, bring the people coming behind you with you. They're climbing a ladder, bring if you jump from place to place, you don't have that wealth of experience to, to pass on. Now, maybe the good thing with for me was I stayed in a company for 10 years, but I wasn't in the same role and the same job. Nice. I had different roles. I mixed them up. I learned new things. Um, as I said, I was a trained engineer. So you could you could take it that back when I finished, I was an engineer in mind and spirit. You, you put me and say, oh, that's an airplane. Well, I'll, I'll go, oh, yeah. But gradually... By the time I became a CEO, a chief operating officer, I had mm -hmm. engineers reporting to me. Mm -hmm. And I knew what they were going to do, what they were supposed to do. I had, mm -hmm. So I had the director of engineering reporting to me but because I knew what you know he's supposed to do. I had, I'm not an IT guy. Mm -hmm. Director of IT, even in my last airline, Green Africa, director of IT was reporting to me. Mm -hmm. Because over the course of these many years, I've learned so many things that I could now use and put together to be a leader and to be a very good one for for those areas that that you know the behind you. Yeah. exactly i love that i think i think three things that you said just so our listeners can definitely latch on to that first one is that you get to learn a lot like the more you spend time i mean for you a good time is like say three four years you know like next yeah. thing you have is people around you like a network people that you can pull together to your next place or at least thing that you can call on for support exactly. and credibility um, I mean, I think I really love the way you sort of like made this thing. I, I think we can definitely learn a lot from this. But this is from the point of view of the employee. What about the employer? Like, what can they do to make it better for people to stay? You mentioned that for you, it was because you got a very dynamic role. You started off as one yeah. thing, following year, nothing, and the next next two years, same thing, but within the yeah. same company. So, how would employers be able to employ this in the way they are right now? What strategies put, can they put in place? Yeah, um, African employers, and again, this goes back to part of what I've seen as well. Um, mm -hmm. We have to, and I will take it again from, from Richard Branson, okay. employ the right people for the job, leave them alone, let them get on with the job. So you don't want people that instruct, do A, do B, do C only. Mm -hmm. You want to say, this is your task. This is what I want you to perform. This is what I want you to produce for me. Go ahead. Mm. We have to learn to give people the freedom. Yeah, sometimes they will make mistakes. But they will learn from those mistakes. So mm. employers have to be prepared to give people the freedom. Um, they will learn from the mistakes. That is the learning process. Yeah. Employers also have to ensure that they have those right upskill, for example. We have to upskill people. Because mm -hmm. you don't just employ somebody and that person is ready. You have to make sure that as they work for you, you also upskill them. The workplace yeah. is changing every day. 
Mm. Ten years ago, nobody knew anything called AI. Yeah, yeah we, we started hearing. We started hearing those of us who have uh, the Apple products. Oh, Siri. Oh, Siri. How it worked, we didn't really know. But that was, that was Siri. Then Amazon came along and said, oh, there's somebody called Alexa. And there's somebody, you know. But that was, that was AI at the beginning, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And now AI is being used in, in like machine learning, in getting things to work. Yeah. Uh, like in, in my area, for example, in, in the aviation industry, we're learning how to provide passengers with the right fares at the right time. Yes. So, so you could go to buy a ticket today and you get a certain fare because there's a lot of data behind that held about yeah. you, the customer. Somebody mm-hmm. else will go and buy the same ticket to the same destination on the same flight at the same time of day and get offered a different price. Interesting. Because there's that, you know, we're learning things. Uh, so, but the person who does that in the background has to learn that these are things, not things that were around before. So the employers also have to be ready to make sure they keep upskilling people. How do you keep yourself up to date? And I promise mm-hmm. you, 200 million, 200% of people say, oh, um, I read and this and that. But to be honest, left alone, they probably would don't do that much. Exactly. The employer has to, the employer has to push, even if yeah. it means going to a provider, making sure that we've, we've set up some kind of program with the provider and say, look, anybody who wants, who needs to be trained or who wants extra training on XYZ, there's a provider available. We've made it available for you. Please go and upskill yourself. And then you make sure we track. And those who are doing that get that's how you know that's how people get promoted. That's how people get noticed. Sometimes the most important person in the office is not the loudest one, could be the quietest person who comes in and doesn't talk to anybody. But yeah. who, you know, from a work perspective, is making sure they're keeping themselves up to date, trained. And because once you get out of formal education, be it high school technical college, university, mm-hmm. everything else, learning is up to you, the employee. Yep. I agree. The employers have to make make that, give, make, you know, make a pathway for that, but it's, all, it's up to the employee, the learning mm-hmm. of skills. So, yeah, I think what we need here in Africa is to make sure that as employers, we're not just send them things and give the instructions, I need ABC. Yeah. Let people do things. Let them know. Definitely, you have to make sure things are clear in terms of what are you supposed to prove? What is your the KP, what are the KPIs you need to perform against? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead and get it done. Go ahead and get it done. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's, that, that's very insightful. That whole idea of upskilling, upskilling. I think the more people are actively engaged in learning, like they want to stay because they get the chance to, of course, learn and apply yeah. it to what they're already doing. And, they, and the employers yeah. see the results and promote, you know, from there. Yes, there's a lot of work that needs to be done in that L&D space for companies. And I can, I mean, from my own internal experience, I'm not sure it's really being pushed as much as much as possible. Um, so we, we do need to, you know, take that to the bank and, and start investing on that. So thank you so much for, for you know, guiding us there, Mr. Albi. I imagine that you learned quite a lot <laughs> while you were, you know, working in the airline space. And um, maybe I'll come back to you later, talk about how I can get a cheaper ticket, you know, some of my... <laughs> the browser at night and clear my cachet you know you browsing. but anyway that is for both of us not for our listeners yeah. here that's privileged information so I, I think we're really on the on the next sort of like ramp here and you mentioned something that is really cool this idea of you know next gen technology you know I, I mean can you give us time when you were able to like use this you know in your space how you how um, leaders like yourself i mean you left as a, as a coo and you've held quite a number of titles you know 
Speaking to leaders who are a bit concerned or maybe a bit you know, worried about this new tech coming up, how do you think they're able to like utilize it and even empower like, this next gen people mm. to be able to navigate it from an African point of view? Same thing you can share with us in that regard. Yeah, uh, I think first of all, this we're not in, unfortunately we're not in control of everything that we uh, we have been the employ even the employers. Well, we need to have the space, the infrastructure. Um, you and I are speaking currently over the internet, and if I don't have fast enough internet, then it's very difficult to get all those things to work. So all our governments, African governments, African nations, we need to look at it. what kind of infrastructure are we putting in place. If that is in place, then everything else will work behind it. Um, from my experience, for example, in Nigeria, one thing I can tell you is that, and comparing it to what I had in the UK, um, a lot more people are on mobiles, for example, in Africa. Mobile mm -hmm. penetration is very high, mm -hmm. but the data speeds are still quite low, and so there was yeah. a lot of failures. You know, you're trying to make a, a payment, and things don't go through. Yeah, please. Mm -hmm. West Africa, we haven't got that amount of penetration yet, so a lot of yes. stuff is still happening through the usual payment gateways, the, uh, the fintech companies, but because the speeds aren't up to scratch, you get a lot of failures. Yes. And that is, and that is actually drawing businesses back. Mm -hmm. So uh, a lot of things depend on the governments and uh, you know putting those things in place. But once those things are in place, um, I think, for example, the, the new one that everyone say 5G, 5G, 5G. Once mm -hmm. that comes in place, that could help a lot. Yeah. For example, payments, um, facial recognition, getting yeah. us to, so when you come in, so rather, for example, you can purchase a ticket to a, to a concert and you don't have any physical ticket because you know why? Facial recognition technology, you um, get out of the place in Facebook, you recognize, oh, that's all look good. Or oh, that's Obi. No, he hasn't paid shopping yeah. state against him. So oh. I'm trying to say that uh, the employers, the companies, were at the mercy of a lot of our governments and, and, and well, things that could happen. Um, but once that is in place, I think our people, we have a lot of tech-enabled, tech-minded young people in Africa. I can tell mm -hmm. you that. Um, mm -hmm. I've heard so much about the brain drain, which is true. It's happening. Mm -hmm. But that brain drain wouldn't happen if, if we're not up to scratch. Our people yeah. are really you know, exactly, exactly. Our people are there, you know, once they have the necessary fundamentals. You know, we're we're we're, we're very intelligent and we're very uh, up to speed. So for an employer, I would say we just also have to make sure that we give people what they what they need to the best of our ability. Um, yeah. unfortunately I can't provide you know, high-speed broadband, high, yeah. high broadband in the in the city like Lagos. The government has to put it in. Yeah. 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 I mean, this is this is great. I mean, because we, we always, at least in Nigeria here, and I'm sure other parts of Africa, we, we operate in spite of the, 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 the governments, you know, and the, the lapses, you know, in society. I imagine that if we have a very strong handshake, you know, both of them, the public and the private sector, these things will really move forward. Yeah. So, I mean, because my my friend you know, says it's a so bring your own infrastructure model. <laughs> you provide your own security, provide your own power, yeah. provide your internet, you provide everything, you know. And this, I imagine, you place a lot of burden on businesses. It affects your bottom line, what you can do in terms of innovation, R and D, you know, promotion and, and the likes. 
Mm. I think I think I've learned quite a bit from you on this topic of you know long term going loyalty and yeah. journey. Yeah. So I mean, like right now we're we're almost towards the end of the of the podcast. We we have been a question for almost thirty minutes. I I, I can't believe it. <laughs> I got the first like three three four minutes ago. So so fast, yeah. Just to recap, you some I think one of the best points I think you said. First of all, we need to get this podcast to Richard Branson so he listens to it. Hopefully he'll. <laughs> I'm sure you're going to enjoy like, oh my goodness, someone I walked with a while back. But I mean, the first thing you said about you know, being where you are and loving what you do, the idea of not getting bored. Yeah, and you find something interesting every day. And for employers to be able to foster it, you know, in their employees, it means that they have yeah. to continually upskill them, you know, empower them, like, you know, how, you know, a CEO did for you. Like, this is my this is my own values, you know, go about and you'll change the world. In the case where we know we've reached our limits, how can we help the public sector to come, you know, have a handshake with the private sector to make things move at the speed of light? Because their brains, those are being drained, right? And I love that. I, I really love that. And to just buttress the point about people, of, of, I mean, upskilling people, I saw this, same on LinkedIn, this short, short picture or meme, as it's, as it's called, where the CFO says, Oh, um, this is the training budget. Oh my goodness! What if we train all these people and they leave? Uh, and they see exactly. what if you don't train them and they stay? Exactly. To <laughs> my company, you know, I love that. Okay, good. So that's it for the lightning round. I'm going to just ask you three, four questions. You know, at the speed of light, and okay. answers. Um, so the first one is: What books would you recommend on this topic, or at least any business that leaders can read to get more information? First question. Okay, the first, uh, I, I know I've, I've said it a lot, but one of the first books I read when I joined Virgin was Losing My Virginity. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a book by Richard Branson. I mean, just to consider just what, you know, how he worked against odds, you know, when it was, I don't know if you heard, he, he used to fly balloons, right. ballooning across the Atlantic. He failed a couple of times, but he just kept trying, you know, how, how he went from being, being a young guy, he's autistic. Mm. And, uh, yeah, so in school, people said, oh, this guy is a bit slow, you know, that kind of, especially when autism wasn't really understood very well, you know. But how he's really tried against all odds, started a company with one airplane, one mm. airplane flying against, because before he started Virgin Atlantic, there was a previous airline called Laker Airways. Okay. The big guys managed to crush and squeeze. So when he started, they wanted to do the same thing. And he took them on, he fought them, and he won, as in he survived. So that was one of the first books I, I read. I mean, the title might say, oh, what's this? But this <laughs> that's how you say I, I really like that book. And it's one of the books in my library up to today. Okay. Um, yeah. Then um, one that I, I would uh, also advise is, is it shows the how, it's called The Alchemist by okay. Paulo, Paulo Coelho. He's a Brazilian. Yeah. yeah, I think you've heard of him. I really love that book. It, it, it's, it's one that shows you, it's about a shepherd boy who yearns to travel, and, but it's one that shows again the power of learning about life's path, following our minds, following our hearts, sorry, following our hearts, and how mm -hmm. things can work even better than we thought they could. So, okay. uh, The Alchemist is one. Then, uh, I like traveling, and there's one called um, A Short History of Nearly Everything by Bill Bryson. Okay. Just, yeah, Bill Bryson. So, it just takes a short history of the, it just goes and tells you a lot about the earth. How things work, how things were made, how things came about. So those are the three books out. Uh, love it, love it. So my virginity, the alchemist, and the short history of everything. Okay, I need yes. to add that to my library. Now the next lightning round question is: If you were to visit one place outside of Nigeria, which is your home country in Africa, yeah. what yeah. would it be, and why? 
I think I'll do Egypt. Okay. Egypt. I, I have yes. an idea why. Well, I want to hear from you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I have been to the far, I've been to most of West Africa. Yeah. Uh, been, been to South, Southern Africa. So I've done yeah. South Africa. But as you know, the Egypt, I'd say, my mind is still the cradle of civilization. Exactly, and I, I just want to go and see those and learn a bit more about the history of mm -hmm. uh, those times, the the pharaohs, the and see these magnificent pyramids and just have a immerse myself in it. So yeah, Egypt would be what I would like to go to. Yeah, yeah. a couple of my colleagues went there last year. Uh, I came back with so much pictures. I was I was green with envy. I will have to have you join this podcast. <laughs> like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so the final lightning round question is, what would you, what would you recommend as another podcast topic if you had the chance to? Like, okay, I think we should discuss this on the next podcast. I think what will, a good topic for me, I think, would be, and I'm, and I'm linking it to the general topic of workplace, mm -hmm. is how our young talent currently growing up, going through education and school, how they choose their future careers. Mm -hmm. uh, I mm -hmm. see this because I see a lot of people who either they're already in higher education, uh, university, and when you ask, what do you study? And they say, oh, and I find that a lot of people uh, have difficulty linking what they're studying today yeah. with their future. So yeah. I don't just join it because, you know what, daddy wanted me to be X or Y. <laughs> Mommy wanted me to study X or Y. Or I joined X or Y because it pays a lot of money. Yes. Because what we know, personally, I think people need to have passion in what you're doing. Mm. You know, so I think that's a good topic to find, to, to have, you know, and discuss how do mm. we make sure that people are uh, following paths and studying things where they, they have the passion to, to do something. And not just because, because if you join it because of, just because of the money, mm. at some point you will very quickly lose interest when you have enough money. You oh, okay. Mm. I personally think a lot of what we're doing is driven by passion. And passion requires to you to love what, what it is. So that's. I think I think you definitely have very strong points. Yeah, and even links you to make your work less less boring. As yeah, exactly. As you're doing what you love. If you're doing what you love, then it doesn't feel like work, does it? Exactly. It doesn't feel like work. It doesn't feel exactly. like work. Okay. So I've been asking all the questions so far uh, for the past now thirty minutes. So I would like to give you the mic to ask me a question. Uh, what what I mean, if at all, uh, is there anything that you want to know from me that I we, I can share on the podcast that you think is good for our listeners to. To hear from us, uh, well, it's it's been great having a, a couple of chats we had uh, before this podcast. Um, but I just want I've just been interested in knowing how you got yourself into this particular area, which is you know, call it call it HR human um, human resources or whatever. So how did you get get into this area? Yeah, very interesting question. And I think about it. I need to spend more time thinking about it <laughs> because we just like continue. We just continue for failing forward or, for, or falling forward. Yeah. The long and short answer is, so I finished university about six, seven years ago, and my first my first full-time job was really around you know, marketing and sales. And okay. I think I really excelled being a people person, being able to connect yeah. with people, you know, help them make decisions and just learn about their life choices. But I found out that one of my biggest AFDs was that I was too pressured for targets. Anytime there's a target tied to something, I'm like, oh my goodness, I cannot make this much money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
it really just became very nerve-wracking for me. I won't point about quitting fields, but I wanted the people element to still be there for me. So I found this, uh, I mean, a friend of mine encouraging them, maybe what I'm looking for is HR. There's a lot of people facing focus there, you know, and if you're recruiting, you will meet much more people. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, this current company came along, BCG, where I'm currently at right now, an opportunity for HR. And as you said, like, once you love what you're doing, you'll find it boring. Exactly. Uh, and now I'm almost four years in the same company. I'm like, oh my goodness, I want to be 10 years here very soon. <laughs> it, will, it will go past like, you know, like uh, it's just go past. Exactly. It will tomorrow. And that's exactly how it's been for me. So I really love the idea of the people. And I met meeting people. And um, as I already was having this podcast, meet a lot of people. Uh, a lot yeah. of people. And I mean, I've met you now because of the podcast. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Important. So, well, thank you so much, uh, Mr. Obi. I, I don't know, this has been, uh, for me, first of all, greatly, I mean, rewarding and enriching. I've learned so much. Uh, but if folks want to connect with you after this podcast, where can they go more to find about you? Uh, is your name on LinkedIn the same one, Obi, or is it mm-hmm. full, Obiko, or yeah. more things right there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, I apologize. I'm not a big uh, social media person, but I am on LinkedIn. That's the it. same name, Obi Badozo. So people can link, uh, connect up with me up there. I'm not really on many other social networks. I think I have a profile on on Twitter, but I don't even post it. I, I just need to to follow one person, one or two people. But yeah, I'm on LinkedIn, and yeah, they can connect with me on that. So that once this podcast goes live, <laughs> yeah. You're going to be an active LinkedIn user. It's like, oh my okay. goodness. Yeah, yeah, sure, exactly. Daily uh, checking and connecting exactly. with people. But it's good, it's good. It's all good. Great, it's great. Thank you so much. So uh, this has been great. I, I've loved the conversation we've had thus far, Mr. LB. And I'm looking forward to testimonies from this. I mean, you, the, the, our listeners, I'm sure, will engage with this content and put your feedback in the, in the comment section or even on LinkedIn when we post it. And I'll let you know everything. Uh, so again, thank you so much. And uh, on this note, I mean... I wish you a very fantastic in the rest of your day and we'll chat in the future. Yeah. You never can tell. I'll be here Definitely. Definitely. Thank you very much, Anu. Bye. Have yeah. a very good one. Right. Yeah. Cheers.